There's a lot of money out there. Let's make sure we stay focused and get to it. Welcome to the Money Game Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Definitely thank you for checking out the podcast. And uh, today's topic is going to be a uh, one of the first series on the, on the, on the, on the, on the podcast channel. And um, I think it's everything that we... It's the, I think it's the first thing that we have to learn and learn because it's such a big deal you know before we talk about investing before we talk about anything else i think this topic is one of the most important things to focus on especially if you're a new investor even if you are a you know seasoned investor or even if you have you know investing you know a little bit you know whether it's in the past or you know however you decided to go about your journey but um yeah so this is this is going to be the first series um on, on on the channel um, and yeah, I think it's probably one of my favorite favorite topics as well. So let's jump right in, let's jump right into it, man. Um, investing consists of one thing, right? Um, and that's dealing with the future. And because none of us can know the future with certainty, risk is inescapable. Dealing with risk is the most essential thing when it comes to investing. And I'm sure you know, um, but we don't take we don't we don't look at it at, at, at face value right um and that's kind of what i want to talk about you know um it's not a dif- it's not difficult to find investments that will make you money um if you find enough of these of course you're in good shape but you won't succeed uh for long without dealing with with, with risk you must understand risk recognize risk and when it's too high and most importantly learn how to control it so that's what the series that's what the first series is going to be about is uh, today's episode is pretty much based on understanding risk, um, and it's going to be a two-part episode because I decided to cut it down, uh, make it more condensed, um, so it's not a lot of information in one, in one podcast, so uh, it's definitely going to be a, a second part to this, which is the first episode is understanding risk. Second episode is going to be recognizing risk and when it's too high, and the third in the series is going to be uh, uh, learning how to control it. So let's jump right into it, man. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> Most level-headed people want to avoid risk, risk, you know, for very good reason. People are risk adverse, uh, which means they'd rather take less risk than more, which is not a bad thing, or nor is it a, is a good thing. Um, everyone's different. Um, when an investor thinks about making an investment, or she or he or she thinks about making an investment, um, she has to make judgments about how risky it is and whether he or she can live with the reality of risk. When you're considering an investment, you have to have a broad overview of the risk entailed as well as the potential return capability because people are risk adverse, right? You know, they, they, they don't want to take on as much risk as that's not needed. Um, so investors have to be bribed with higher risks to take incremental or bribed with higher returns to take incremental risk. And you see that a lot when it comes to, you know, they say if you want a higher return, you, you invest in the stock market or you invest in um, high yield bonds, you know, um, which are, you know, junk bonds and stuff like that. But th- there's this thing going around where if you want a better return, if you want a huge return, you have to take a lot of risk. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And you know, tr- hopefully after this episode and, and part two of it, you understand what risk is. And hopefully after the series, you understand the risk, you can spot when it's too high and then you, you can learn how to control it. Um, so, for example, jumping back into the topic. So, for example, if a small company stock and a bond return 7% each year, everyone would rush to buy the stock, driving up its price and reducing its return, and sell the bond, driving down its price and, and increasing its return. So, people rushed, in, in, in good times, 
uh, people would rush to the stock because it's a it's a potential. There's more return, right? There's more there's more gain, right? So if, if there's a lot of buy orders in the markets, um, the stock is going to rise, right? And that's what people want. They they want a higher return because the stock market is you know um, it, it, it's if you don't know what you're doing, it's risky, right? Let's get that out there. Um, so definitely you know understanding risk and how to control it and to be honest man uh the investment uh, uh stocks is not risky man it's it's really there's no really there's no real risky investment right it's are you a good investor right you know what i mean it's not, i don't i don't think you know people call the stock market risky because they've they've not taken the time to learn the ins and out of the markets and, and to understand it and to talk about the and to understand risk which is what we're talking about so based on that example you know people would more rush to the stock because there's potentially more gain even though they're both produce a seven percent return each year together you know um you you would want to rush the, the stock market because you know you, you have a if, if everybody's going to it of course there's there's going to be a price increase you know of course there's more buyers and sellers um after determining whether you can bear the potential amount of risk that investment entails you have to determine whether the return on a given investment justifies taking that risk um, return tells half the story and risk assessment is required. So let me say that again. Return only tells half of the story and risk assessment is, is required. When you consider investment results, uh, the return only so much by itself. Um, it, the return is only so much by itself, right? Um, the risk taking has to be uh, assessed as well. So for, for example, uh, was the return uh, achieved in a safe investment or a risky one, um, in a fixed income security or, or stocks, in large established companies or smaller shaky ones, right? Um, in liquid stocks and bonds or illiquid private investments, um, with the help of leverage or without it, in a you know in a comp in, in a concentrated portfolio or a diverse one, and hopefully you get the picture. Um, so you have to understand. Uh, you have to, you have to, you have to understand risk in a, you know, in a broader picture. It's not just the return, and it's not just the investment. There's more that goes into it. And I think because people don't study risk, they don't understand that there's more to it. And um, risk is something that we try to avoid, right? Um, risk is something that we don't really talk about, but it's it's always going to be there. Whether you decide to get in your to get in your car, um, you're taking a huge risk. Whether you decide to, you know, um, anywhere you go, to be honest, man, there's a risk, but you you have a way of uh, managing that risk by, you know, for example, the car example is putting on a seatbelt, right? There's certain uh, features in the car that prevents accidents, you know, stuff like that. So you have to understand that there's a bigger picture, um, you know, and for also too, when you when you so for, let's go jump back to the car example. When you when you're uh, assessing risk. Is the roads are the roads paved right correctly? Is the car does the car have any troubles? So you know it's not just oh well I got in an accident. Well, there's certain factors that kind of went into you, you know, having that potential accident. Was the other uh, uh, driver intoxicated? Were they paying attention? Were they drowsy? So there's other things that play into the risky environment. But most people just say well it's risky, so I'm not gonna do it. And instead of just saying it's risky. Try to study why it's risky and have a you know understanding of risk, which is you know something that we're going to definitely talk about, you know, in the up, in the upcoming uh, episodes as well. So let me jump back into it. Um, the results only tell half the picture. 
and the risk involved complements the return. So think of it like your uh, favorite uh, condiments, right? Ketchup and mustard, right? Don't mention return without, without risk. And don't take anyone serious if they only mention the return without explaining to you the risk involved and how they managed it. So, you know, a good example is every uh, if if you're someone who has a 401k and you get maybe a monthly state a uh, monthly statement every month or however you get however you receive your or every quarter whatever right you you can and, and on it says you they they've achieved a seven percent return or you know five percent two percent whatever right so well you. Well, what's the what's the risk being involved in that re return? Is it you know is it is the money being utilized? You know what I mean. So you, you, there's more. There's a bigger picture that deals with just a return. You can't just have a return without understanding really what the risk that the, that 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 manager, you know, who oversees the funds, you know, uh, went into. So understanding, you know, if anybody talk, talks to you about a return, right? Anybody can say I have a, I have a seven percent return, but if that money is not being utilized to its fullest ability then that return doesn't mean anything right excuse me that return doesn't really justify the whole story that 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 return uh you know that the individual received from that from that return so definitely you know make sure you understand that don't if anybody talks to you about about a return or whatever their returns are man and they and they don't mention risk definitely don't take them serious man um Markets themselves set the markets uh, set themselves up so that riskier assets appear to offer higher returns. If that wasn't the case, you know, to be honest, who who would buy them? If that if if, if who would buy them? To be honest, man, in in good times, too many people say riskier investments provide higher returns. Um, and if you want to make more money, take more risk. But riskier investments cannot always be counted to de to deliver higher returns. And you have to understand this. You know, um, if riskier investments reliably Produced higher returns, they wouldn't be risky. Uh, let me say that again. If if riskier investments reliably produced higher returns, they wouldn't be riskier, right? Um, and that's just the and that's just the truth. In order to, in, in in order to uh, attract capital, uh, ris um, riskier investments have to offer the illusion of higher returns or higher promised returns or higher expected returns. But if, there's no guarantee that those higher returns will materialize. So that mentality has brought a lot of people misery over the years because the, um, the idea that uh, taking more risk leads to making more money—that's simply, you know, that's simply not the case. And you see, that, you see that a lot with, you know, with any with any investment, right? Whether it's real estate, whether it's uh, bonds, uh, whether it's stocks. You know, you taking a risk, and they like to say the stock market produces twelve percent yearly or seven seven percent annually, right? Whatever, right? But there's no, there's no guarantee that that's what, there's no guarantee that that's what you're going to be, you know, returning, right? And you know, you have to understand that. That's very important. Um, so next, we're going to talk about risk and what is what is risk. So academics define it as volatility. So according to the capital market theory, uh, risk equals volatility because volat uh, volatility indicates the unreliability of an investment. And I don't really think that's the case. I don't think that's accurate. What I believe is that I don't think volatility is a risk that most investors care about. And there's more. There's a lot more risk, and that's what we're gonna jump into on part two. Um, but there's uh, volatility is not the only risk. Um, so you know, be aware of that. Um, but nobody says I want to buy it because the price may fluctuate. So if you've ever 
ever bought a, an investment, I'm pretty sure you're not thinking about, well, let's, so let's give an example. So for Apple, right? You're not, you're not thinking that Apple, well, let me, if I buy Apple stocks today, there's a possibility that it's going to go down tomorrow. That's not going to stop you from still investing in Apple. And that's my point. Um, yeah, that's my point. So you have to understand that volatility. I think that instead of worrying about volatility, um, you know, people don't make investments primarily because they don't want to lose money or don't want low return on their money. So that's the definition of risk is that you're, you're afraid to lose money uh, and you may not want to have a, have a, a crappy return, right? Let's be honest. It's not that I'm, I'm afraid to invest in, invest or invest in a security, in a particular security. It's the fact that I may not make any money or um, I, may, I may get a, a crappy return. So that's my definition of risk. Um, it's that simple, man. Um, uh, I need a higher potential of return because I don't want to lose money. Uh, makes more sense to me than not investing because of, of the volatility of that security. So that's my that's my definition of risk. Um, is that I don't want to lose money, or I don't want a crappy return on my money. And I I strongly advise you to have that type of understanding and make that your definition because that's just what it is. Like if you ask anybody why they're not investing, it's because they don't want to. They don't they don't want to lose money. You know, um, they don't. <laughs> nobody really wants to lose money, um, but it's 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 how you manage that right it's it's inevitable you've lost money and probably everything you've done right whether you've bought a laptop that that depreciated whether you bought furniture that that's depreciated whether you've bought a car and after you drive it off the lot they say it depreciates a certain amount a certain amount like you you've lost money in everything you do right pretty much in everything you do so to have that mentality that i don't want to lose money is not is not the best way to go about investing and you have to understand that that's the definition of that and so if you're aware that that's def that, that, that that's the definition now you can then go about okay how do i control it how do i manage it how do i realize when it's too high and how can i avoid those securities that don't make me lose as much of my money as i can you know what i mean so that's what i would pay attention to not the volatility of, a, of, of the investment because there's volatility, volatility uh, in everything, right? But it's how you choose to control that volatility, um, you know, uh, through, you know, your risk management and, you know, stuff like that. So risk is the likelihood of losing money. Uh, the potential worry about losing your principal or capital is what you really worry about. Um, but, you, but, you, but you can always have, um, but you have to always understand that money is no longer money. Um, the, the, the monopoly money that's in your wallet right now and, and bank account, it's fiat currency. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. It's no longer backed by gold. Uh, it, needs to, it needs to continuously buy assets to equal the value that the dollar is printed on. And you know, ever since 1971, when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, it's the money that we call money is it's a, it's a currency. It has to keep flowing to buy or to, to hold on to its value. So when you have money, you know, when you get the whole point of this game is to buy assets that either give you capital gains or that gives you cash flow. So use that currency to buy assets that give you either capital gains or cash flow. Um, just a reminder that part two is coming. Um, this is I'm going to cut this episode episode short here because uh, I think that's it's a lot already. It's a lot. It's a lot already to comprehend. And I think that, you know, um, it's just you. 
just even hearing the the definition of risk, it just it 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 makes you you know you think you got you got to think about it right you know I, I I listen to a lot of podcasts too, and a lot of the times you know I need time to you know um, um, you know soak in the information and you know comprehend it so um, understanding what risk is is very very important and I want to say that you're you're ahead of the curve because people don't look at risk as them losing money right they they've always used the academic term of volatility. You know, um, which I'll discuss that and why they you what why why they started coining or started using volatility as a marker. I get I get in get into that too in the second in the second part of course. Um, but yeah, man, don't follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow follow my money allocation strategy. I think that's more beneficial to you. Um, 50 percent for bills. So in that fund, you want to allocate fifty percent of every time you get paid, whether it's monthly, biweekly. You know, you know, whether it's one time a month, you know, however you get paid, you want to put 50 percent of it aside for bills and recreation, fifteen percent of it to debt, and you can choose to allocate. If you if you don't have any debt, you can choose to allocate that fifteen percent um, to the other things I'm about to mention as well. Ten uh, percent for savings. Um, if you if you think that you have a reasonable uh, threshold in savings, then you can start using the ten percent um, for other things as well. Just like the fifteen percent that goes to debt, if you don't have any, ten uh, percent for a pay yourself fund. Uh, that's that's very important. Um, so if you haven't started investing yet, or if you already are investing, having that ten percent, um, you know, coming to you every every month, or you know, however you get paid, whether it's through projects or you have your own business, however you get paid, make sure you pay yourself first, man. That's important because uh, you need money to invest, you need money to get started, so you need money to continue to invest. So that's very important. Uh, make sure you have that ten percent. Make sure you have that 10%. Make sure you pay yourself first in anything you do. Before you pay bills, before you do anything, make sure you secure that 10%. And if you have to work a second job, you know, work a couple hours extra a week, just to have that 10% is going to be beneficial to you in the long run. Uh, 10% for emergency. Um, you can also uh, have a threshold for uh, emergency as well. And, of course, use that other 10% you know, to allocate to maybe even even 5% to paying yourself or another 5 to savings or have you choose to allocate your funds if you feel like you have an emergency fund or a good enough emergency fund. And last of not last but not least um, tithing. Tithing man is very important. Um, the more you give, the more you receive and you have to be in that mentality. Um, that's what really what wealth is, man. Um, you have to give and you know it comes around, it comes around even more in abundance than more than you give. So Understanding that you know, if you have a you know, set a couple you know bucks aside for charity, um, your favorite charity, um, you know, and you know, do that because it's gonna it's gonna also put you in a mindset of always being in the in that giving in that giving um, mentality. And yeah, man, that that concludes the podcast. Hope you enjoyed. And uh, like I always say, are you winning? <laughs>